Welcome to the Breezy Babies podcast, where we talk about all things boobs, babies, and breastfeeding. This is episode 30, Late Night Google Searches Part 2. I'm Bree, the IBCLC, and I made Breezy Babies with you in mind to help ease your transition into parenthood. Becoming a parent changes your life in every way imaginable. Bumps in the road are going to come up as you move into your new role, but my goal is to help smooth out those bumps and help you become the most confident parent you can be. With good education and support, I know you can meet your breastfeeding and parenting goals. Let's do this together. Hey there, Mama. How are you doing? How's this new year going for you? Checking in with you to see how things are going. I feel like I need to start this episode with just a deep breath. (laughs) Um, just because there's a lot of heavy stuff still going on in the world, you know, some new things, some still same old stuff going on. (sighs) So I'm just going to start with a nice deep breath and just a reminder for you to take a nice deep cleansing breath as well and just relax and open up your mind. Thank you for coming to listen to this podcast today. I have some great information that I am ready to present to you today. And just with like any episode on my podcast, there's going to be things that you hear that you're going to think, eh, not for me, and other things that may be a really good fit for your family. And that's great because you know what's best for yourself and you know what's best for your own personal family as well. So how are you? Checking in. <laughs> doing good. Um, hope you're doing good. And let me explain a little bit about what the episode today is going to be about. It's just going to be me today. I do still have some great guests lined up for you, but I want to spend another episode just really focusing on breastfeeding today since that is really the meat of what I teach and what I'm very passionate about. And things that I see time and time again are moms rely heavily on Google searches (laughs) to find out information that they're looking for, to look for tips and tricks. And let me tell you what can be a little dangerous about late night Google searches. Have you guys ever done this before? I can't remember if I have already told this story on my podcast before, but there was one night where my dog was acting so weird. She's still a puppy. She's, um, do you know what? She's seven months old now. She just barely turned seven months. And there was one night a couple months ago where she was just acting very odd. I've never had a dog before. I don't really consider myself a dog person. (laughs) But uh, the opportunity presented itself for us to have a dog. And, um, you know, she's been a good she's been a good fit for our family, but still some adjusting like I don't I don't have I never had a dog growing up. So I'm just trying to figure out like, how to take care of this animal and (laughs) make sure that she is good and alive and, and trained and all the things. And in some ways it almost feels like being a new parent, like I'm Googling, you know, like what are basic training 
things for dogs. And, and while some of those Google searches can be good and helpful, let me tell you when they can go wrong. So there was one you know, late night, middle of the night where she was going out. She kept crying in her kennel. She's always been so good about sleeping through the night. Honestly, ever since we brought her home, like she, she's crate trained. She sleeps in her kennel. She does really, really good at night. Not even a problem. And there was this one time, like months after we had had her, that she was just whining all night long, let her out to go potty. She was like pacing around, seemed like she needed to like have a bowel movement, but couldn't. She had kind of like thrown up the day before, just like these weird symptoms. So of course, you know, I pull out my phone in the middle of the night when I'm half awake (laughs) and not thinking straight and start searching these symptoms, like a symptom searcher for dogs. And I came to the conclusion, like, oh my gosh, like she's dead in two hours. Like she's she's a goner because <laughs> that's literally what my Google search pulled up. Now she did not die. She is fine. She's still very much alive and doing great and doing very well months down the road. I just am telling you this story to, um, warn you a little bit that sometimes a late night Google search can do more harm than good. The next day I checked in with my breeder. She lives close by. Um, I'm really good friends with her daughter and also with her and, and kind of told her what was going on and she's more of the dog expert, right? And we kind of talked through some things and decided to keep an eye on her. We didn't need to go to the vet at that point. Um, But I checked in with an expert who knew more about dogs and had way more experience with dogs than I did or that I do. (laughs) So listen, I did an episode about late night Google searches, I don't know, a bit ago. I can't remember how long ago. And um, I have more common questions that come up time and time again that my guess is you have probably searched for this question late at night on a Google search. So that is what this episode is all about today. I'm going to just quickly bop through like each one of these questions, tell you my top three tips for each one. It's going to be like, quick, but you are going to leave with so much information um, about many different topics. So this is kind of like a grab bag, right? Usually we epi- each episode is so specific. This one's going to be kind of a fun grab bag of information. So here we go. We're just going to see how many we can get through and it's going to be such a fun time. So sit back, relax. Maybe you're feeding your baby right now. Maybe you're folding laundry. Whatever you're doing, driving in your car, just sit back, relax, and get ready to hear about some common Google searches. Okay, you ready for the first one? The first one is, how do I know how much milk my baby is getting? (laughs) You guys, I get asked this question all the time. Like, how do I know if my baby really is getting full? How do I know that they're actually getting the breast milk that they need, wouldn't it just be easier if I could pump and 
give a bottle, then I can see exactly how much is going in. Okay, let's, let's talk about this. <laughs> Let me help ease your worries a little bit. Okay, so tip number one for you is here's how much milk your baby should be getting. Okay, let's just lay a little bit of the groundwork here. So by about day three, your baby is going to be taking about one ounce per feed. So those first few days right after birth, your baby's just getting drops and drops and drops of breast milk, that good colostrum. That's really all that they need, just enough to fill about a grape tomato or shooter marble. That's all that they need. And then by about day three, they've worked up to about one ounce per feed. That's still not a lot. By one week, your baby's going to start taking about two ounces per feed. And then around one month of age, your baby is going to start taking two to five ounces per feeding or about 25 ounces in 24 hours. Okay. I know that's a lot of numbers. Overall, um, it doesn't matter a huge amount (laughs) for most kiddos. If they are at the breast, they're going to get what they need. It's going to be just fine. You don't need to know exactly how much is going in. I just tell you these numbers so you can kind of get the right frame of mind. Because when you see another baby who's chugging a bottle, um, two ounces shortly after birth, it seems confusing, right? Like does, well, does my baby need that much going in as well? Really? These are the numbers that you need to shoot for. It's not a lot of volume in the beginning. And then even from one month beyond two to five ounces per feed is going to be within normal. So Tip number two is you don't need to measure every feed. (laughs) I know you do not have see-through breasts. You don't know exactly how much milk your baby is getting with every feeding. The good news is that it's not necessary to measure every feeding. In fact, I think it can become a little obsessive. I have a skill where I can measure how much goes in in one feed. I weigh the baby. Baby feeds. And then I weigh the baby again and I can see exactly how much milk went in, you know, as close as, as close as we can get with a, with a scale like that. And, um, all the time when I was doing one-on-one consults with parents, they'd say, oh my gosh, I need one of these scales. And I would say, listen, I'm just here to give you a snapshot, right? If your baby feeds for about 10 minutes and is really active, they're taking about X amount of ounces. Okay. I'm just here to give you a snapshot to let you know how they're doing, but it's really not necessary to measure every feed. In fact, it can become very obsessive (laughs) and it's really not necessary. So instead, what you can do is you can listen for swallows throughout the feed at the breast. You can look for tight, tight fists that relax as the feed goes on. I just um, did a really fun reel on my Instagram at Breezy Babies that shows tight fists come to the dinner table and they slowly open up and relax until your baby gets that milk drunk look. Um, and that is one sign that they are getting enough at the breast. Also, if your baby's having good wet and poopy diapers, if they're gaining weight and length at your pediatrician appointments, then guess what? you're doing it. You're right on track. Everything is awesome. You're doing good. Tip number three is your baby is not a robot. I mentioned how much milk intake is normal, but know that every feeding is going to be a little different. Sometimes your baby will want a snack and other times they're going to want a full meal. Don't you do the same? 
When it comes to breastfeeding, it's not just about getting calories to your baby. It's also about being close to you and bonding with you. So some feeds may be short and others may be long and it's all totally fine. It's all totally normal. Okay. Next question. What is an example of a breastfeeding schedule? Okay, here we go. Tip number one is what this is why strict schedules may not work. Strict schedules don't often work well with newborns. Think about how often throughout the day you grab a piece of gum or sip of water. Now imagine how you would feel if you went to grab a drink of water and someone told you, nope, it's not time for that. Sorry, not for another 20 minutes. You wouldn't feel very happy about being restricted, right? (laughs) Your baby feels the same way. So what I want you to try instead is to feed on demand. Feeding on demand is the best thing you can do for a healthy supply. And what that means is to offer your breast to your baby often, especially in those first few days and those first few weeks. You just want to offer your breast as often as possible. So tip number two, here's a good rule of thumb to follow because I know, I know you want some exact numbers from me. So here's a rule of thumb to follow when it comes to feeding schedules, but know that this is not set in stone, but more of a guideline. So you want to breastfeed your baby at least every two to three hours for at least 10 to 15 minutes on each breast. Know that feeds could be much longer, especially for a newborn, or they could be shorter, especially if you have oversupply or a quick letdown. A minimum of eight feeds in 24 hours is a good starting point, but at least 12 feeds in 24 hours are even better. Tip number three is offer the breast frequently and a natural pattern will form. So in the early days, you will want to plan to just offer the best the breast frequently and then what you find is that you and your baby will both naturally fall into a rhythm so instead of following strict schedules i like to think of it more as a rhythm (laughs) this natural rhythm will help you anticipate when your baby's next feeding will be but remember those times are not set in stone After about six months of age, your baby may still feed every two to three hours, or she may take in larger quantities of milk four to five times per day. It just depends on the baby and the dynamics of your breastfeeding relationship. Just be sure that from six to 12 months, you remember that breast milk is still your baby's main source of nutrition. A good rule to follow is breast first, solids second. Made it to one year of age, congratulations. There is no set schedule at all. Just do what works best for you and your baby. That's always a little freeing, right? How you guys doing? You sticking with me? You ready for another question? You're ready for some more? Okay, tell me if you've ever searched this question late at night. My baby falls asleep when feeding and then gets hungry soon after. What can I do? Are you saying yes? I get this question all the time, you guys. So my first tip for you is newborns are sleepy. Wouldn't you want to drift off too? The moment you are near mama, all warm and comfy. So if your newborn is extra sleepy, what you can do is you can change a diaper before a feed. 
you may want to leave your baby in just a diaper for the entire feed. Even though being sleepy is common in newborns, there are some tips that I have for you to feel more confident that your little one is getting full feeds. So let's move on to tip number two, which is hand expression. That's going to be one really important tool in your toolbox. If your baby is ever sleepy and you're ever concerned that they are not getting enough to eat. So if you already tried all that you can do to keep your sleepy newborn awake, then hand expression is your secret weapon. It's an excellent way to get breast milk to your baby, especially sleepy newborns, until they can latch on and transfer the milk themselves. You can hand express your breast milk into a simple spoon or a medicine cup and then put it straight into your baby's mouth. Your baby will swallow that colostrum, aka breast milk, and still breast milk, and perk up enough to try again at the breast. It does not mean that you will be spoon feeding your newborn forever, so no worries there. If you would like to see a video on exactly how to hand express, just pop on over to my Instagram at Breezy Babies, and you can check that out um, if you're more of a visual learner. Tip number three is breast compressions. Again, this is one of my best tips that I love to teach families for them to keep in their toolbox because it is so helpful. This is my best advice for you because hand expression helps keep the milk flowing to remind your baby that it's feeding time. So hand expression can be done throughout the entire feed to get more milk to your little one. I'm sorry, breast compressions can be done throughout the entire feed to get more milk to your little one. So to do this, you hold your breast with a C-shaped hand. You want to bring your thumb and fingers together to compress your breast tissue and hold it there for about 10 to 15 seconds. This should not be painful. It's just a gentle bringing together of your fingers, nothing pinching or pulling. After you hold that C-shaped hand for about 10 to 15 seconds as you're compressing your breast tissue, then you can rotate your hand to your other milk glands and compress and hold again. Again, should not be painful. Be sure not to tug at your breast tissue um, or pull forward. If it's not feeling right, you can use a little bit less pressure, but I've seen this time and time again where moms will do these breast compressions And as soon as they start doing them, we start to hear more swallows with that baby. So an excellent one, an excellent tool to keep in your toolbox. Okay, I think we have time for one more. I don't know. We'll see how long it takes us to get through this next one. Maybe even two more. Let's see. Okay, another common question is, do I need a hand pump? Why would I need one? And which one is the best? So my tip, my first tip for you is this kind of comes down to a personal preference. Uh, There are some moms who really love hand pumps and others who don't really find them necessary. So while they're not a complete necessity, they can be very helpful for some families. There are two main options, something like the haka that suctions onto your breast and you just kind of leave it there and let it catch milk as it's coming out or a manual breast pump that you pump um, with your hand. So these are both alternatives to an electric double breast pump that comes in handy for different situations. Again, some families may not find much use for these two options while others use them daily. 
So my second tip is let's kind of break down the Hakka hand pump a little bit more. So what this is, is the Hakka is the silicone hand pump that uses suction to stay on your breast. When you breastfeed, your milk lets down on both breasts at the same time. Since you only breastfeed on one breast at a time, unless you have twins, many moms find that they leak on the other breast into a breast pad, which is all wasted milk. They find that they can instead attach something such as a haka to catch those letdowns, which helps to beef up your freezer stash of breast milk. This milk may be a bit higher in four milk, but overall it will be fine to feed a mainly breastfed baby. The one downside to the haka is that for moms with oversupply, it can remove enough milk to increase your supply a little bit too much. <laughs> one thing to be careful about. Does the haka maybe sound like a good fit for you? Um, if you do not have a haka and it sounds like it would be great for you, make sure you check out my discount code for the haka. I will put that um, in the show notes so you can get 10% off if you would like a haka. My third tip for you, um, let's break down the manual breast pump. So manual pumps are simple, quick, convenient, and do not require electricity to work. They're powered by your hand power. For that reason, they're great for emergent situations or times where you just want to quickly pump and not have to worry about setting up the whole thing. Manual breast pumps are also very portable, making them easy to use on the go. Manual pumps can be handy for starting a letdown before bringing your baby to the breast. Again, the only downside to these is that a lot of pumping can be a bit tiring for your hands. So, you know, with these, it takes a little bit of trial and error to find the right one for you. There are moms who, um, who have more milk output with a manual breast pump than an electric breast pump. I've seen moms that just do better with hand expression alone. I've seen moms that catch multiple ounces every time with their haka and are able to have an amazing freezer stash just by using their haka alone. And I again, have another set of moms who don't care for the haka. They feel that it doesn't stay attached well, and it's not a good option for them. So as you're listening to this, you can kind of decide what sounds right to you, what seems to be the right fit for you, and then you can pursue that option. The nice thing is, is that there are so many options, so, so many options when it comes to really anything baby. All right. Whew. All right. Let's see here. I think that is good for today. Was there any questions that you had answered today? Hopefully you are feeling a little bit more confident. You are feeling good about things. I would love to do another episode answering these questions again. I have more to share with you. Like I said, I have so many fun guests lined up, so many amazing topics that are not just about breastfeeding, although you do know I love talking about that, but are about all things boobs, babies, and breastfeeding. So many good things. I can't wait to share them with you. 
I hope that you have an amazing rest of your day. You are doing a great job. Listen, you are the perfect parent for your baby. And really, all your baby wants is you, exactly how you are. So just always remember that you are strong, you are smart, you are beautiful, and you are a good friend to all. Have an amazing day. Catch you next Tuesday. 